Welcome to the HR Lounge. Sit back and listen in as Diane and I interview HR professionals from all walks in life. We'll be exploring all things HR related. You know the ones, those deep and sometimes uncomfortable conversations that should take place, but unfortunately never really happen. Enjoy your time with us in the HR Lounge. Welcome to the HR Lounge. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking to Jeffrey O. Williams, who is the Vice President, Global Head of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion at Burberry. Welcome, Jeffrey. Thank you, Diane. Thank you for having me. I wanted to just give a quick overview in terms of how we know each other. I met Jeffrey on LinkedIn in 20. 16. Really? That long ago? I did my little bit of research. Are you a bit shocked about I am, that? I am. Yeah, that's a nice long time. We've been observing each other and all the great work. Indeed. Through that time, Jeffrey got to know me and I managed to do a piece of work with him when he was with Dr. Martin. And also I was quite aware of his other things, which I will talk about a bit later. Jacqueline doesn't have as much of a connection with Jeffrey as I do. But I think she's familiar with him. Is that right? Yes. I've met Jeffrey and observed from afar. Yeah. So it's through <laughs> you I, I got to know Jeffrey. So hi, Jeffrey. And it's really good to have you on the platform and to be in this position to actually speak with you. Thank you for having me. Really nice to meet you too in this format. And hopefully we'll all get to meet in person. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're banking on that. Yes, I think we need to do that. So before I start talking about your work experience, I just wanted to let the audience know about all the fantastic things that you're doing. So you are the Global Dice Leader, Advisory Board Member, Trust and Trustee, TEDx Speaker, Author, and Co-Founder of Rocking Your Teams. Now, guess what my first question is going to be? How do you fit it all in and have a day job? <laughs> uh, a lot of... Um... <laughs> A lot of creative uh, organizing and kind of really thinking about where, what are my priorities and what do I need to get done and helping people to understand uh, expectations from me, uh, from them and how we kind of move forward. So a lot of communicating, um, a lot of diary management and also kind of, I guess, looking at the scope of projects that I have going on and how they all fit together. I, I understand how that goes through because both uh, Jacqueline and I have been board members and we're doing mentoring and so forth. So you're sort of like juggling a lot. But I think that I think the key is, is that obviously you've got a passion for people and you, you want to help and support people. Yes, most definitely. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. If I throw into the mix smart objectives, they're always useful and being able to compartmentalise so you get everything done. You know, and, and once you've got that, it, it sets you on the road to success for yourself, but also for the people that you're working with. What was your roadmap to your current position at Burberry? What's your journey been like? Uh, my journey's been windy. How far back do you guys want me to go? As far as you want to. Yeah. Oh, um, so I've done lots of different things. Um, sitting in the seat that I'm sitting in now. I didn't ever think this, this wasn't the path that I'd set out for myself. I started my career in the music business. I managed songwriters, DJs, a couple of recording artists, one of which I guess was signed to Def Jam UK, a young lady called Terry Walker. I worked on her first couple of albums, which one of them I think is gonna be 20 next year, untitled. It's on Spotify, go stream it. It's an amazing, an amazing piece of work. <laughs> so proud of it. 
Um, so started there and as the industry started to evolve around 2006, 2007, um, I'd been in that space for about a decade at that point and was just like, okay, what's next for, for me career-wise? I didn't actually know. And I just happened upon an opportunity to work for a recruitment consultancy, uh, spent some time there. Recruitment wasn't really my thing, if I'm being honest. I felt, I now you have this idea of what recruitment is. So basically I'm going to sit down, I'm going to have a conversation with yeah. someone, then I'm going to help them find their dream job. And is it going to be amazing? And that wasn't it at all. It was, <laughs> it was a lot of like numbers and just <laughs> things that just weren't really things that I found interesting. I kind of wasn't sure what I wanted to do next. I had a bit of a break, did a bit of traveling, came back totally broke and trying to think of what's next. I just went to an agency and for once this recruiter did the job that I wanted to do, which was she listened to me, she asked me lots of questions, she kind of got to understand my past experience. And I ended up at an organization called Thompson Reuters in their learning and development function. Uh, initially was just basically a coordinator setting up all of the training that happened globally for the, for the organization. And then my boss at the time was like, hey, you've got some skills. I think you've got a, you like people. You're, you seem like you're uh, kind of a natural presenter. Would you like to train? And I was like, of course. So she gave me the opportunity to go off and do a CIPD in adult learning. Um, and I guess the rest is kind of history from there because I then moved into a, another role, which was more talent focused, doing some talent management and some OD. And it kind of was tying into what my degree was. and I then landed from that, ended up in a DNI role. And I think if anyone's had me talk, I would say I didn't necessarily want to do DNI. I didn't necessarily see the value in it at the time. It was kind of like, well, I do talent, mm. and I think that's a lot more mm. impactful to think about how we bring talent in and how we manage people's journeys. And you know, at that particular moment, I got to reflect and realize that DNI was a multitude of brand marketing, talent management, learning and development. Uh, kind of positioning of the organization and external market strategy, uh, business uh, development, all of those things tied into one when done properly. And I just saw this opportunity that I hadn't noticed before. And thankfully, I listened again to my boss at the time and kind of took his lead of this is a good opportunity for you, Jeffrey, and lent into it. And here I am now, 12 years later, sitting at Burberry. Oh, fantastic journey. Mm. That that is a journey, real journey. Yeah. And um <laughs> when he mentions about um working in recruitment, I sort of went, uh oh, because I spent 16 years in recruitment and I, I I think I was lucky in terms of the organization I worked for. So it really was about trying to find people jobs and being supportive. Um, yes, it was quite salesy, but there were other organizations that were completely wide, as we used to say, we used to call them wide boys, <laughs> or we should call them white boys yeah. and girls. But um, yeah, um, I, I was in that fraternity and I've got a degree in HR and I did a bit of L&D, but Jacqueline is the L&D um, expert. So she sort of understands your journey. Yeah. I, I Absolutely. And when you mentioned Thomson Reuters, I'm thinking I may have crossed paths with you at some point. I don't know if you remember Instanet, which is a Reuters subsidiary. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. They were based at um, they were based at Tower Bridge. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. yes. You know, um, so I was there for two years oh, wow. and they were going for their IPO. It, it just brought all of that. But yeah, my my background is human resource development. That's my specialism. Yeah. 
you know, in HR. So everything that you're saying, you know, coupled with Diane's expertise, yeah. that's why we're Synergize Solutions, because we're seamless. Yeah, it all works. Mm. It yeah. all works. Okay, makes sense. Mm. So through so your journey, can you recognise any particular challenges that you may have had in your career? Challenges? I, I think so some of them, I've had, yeah, I've had challenges, and I think some of them are self-inflicted. So, uh, you know, I'm like yourself, Diane, I'm dyslexic. I'm very public about it and but there was a point where I wasn't very public about it and it basically meant that I was hiding and trying to figure out how I spell things or how I write things grammatically right and you know not saying to saying to everyone oh well this is the issue and this is the challenge it was more like well I don't know why it's wrong but I did so I think you know that was a challenge because it was yeah you know being a black man do I want to be seen as stupid no so then and you know, yeah, as yeah. you can imagine, when my when the school told my parents, "Oh, we think it's dys- dyslexic." What is this rubbish you're trying to put on my child? Like, you know, yeah, yeah what's yeah, this? Exactly. Um, what's and, this? And, you know, and thankfully they didn't stay in that space. Of what's this? Yeah. They listened and then got me a, a, a um, you know, some support and kind of lent into helping me to to work through things. Mm. But it was it wasn't like a natural reaction. So then, mm. you know, as, as a child, you see that reaction, you think everyone's going to have that reaction. So I think there was a little bit of that uh, as a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think, you know, there is, I'm probably not the most loudest person in the room most of the time. So people may think, oh, this kid doesn't, this young man mm. or person doesn't know what he's talking about or he's not confident. And I think sometimes when you're in big mm. organizations, that's mm. also a thing that people look at. And I think being a mm. black man, it's always yeah. that challenge of how confident can you be without people then flipping to the to the side of arrogance yes and stereotyping you that yeah, you're aggressive or loud or yeah, any of those and things and not and like you know I now know that I'm not any of those things but I think early on in my career especially as I moved more into the corporate world it was that kind of I guess having that balancing act for some reason and that definitely was yeah, a challenge yeah. and a thing that I had to process and work through and then I'm sure there's other things that have happened that I'm not aware of that were challenges but I think thinking about it those those are the two things that I can always mm. I always I know in my heart of hearts were challenges yeah I mean I obviously as you just said you know mm. it resonates with me about the dyslexia thing I mean when I was working in corporate world it's not that I, I I hid it but I didn't feel that I needed to tell it anyone that I had issues I couldn't you know I in my heart of hearts I knew that I was dyslexic but I didn't have it firm, firmly um, diagnosed until I was uh, much much older but what I do recognize was the internal struggle I had dealing with the issue and um, I suppose there must have been that element of not wanting to look stupid as well because you know your the frustration sometimes I remember got the better of me and you know I, I do remember on, on the odd occasions I was so emotional I would literally be in tears because I couldn't get something right because of the frustration but you know when you recognize it's about recognition, recognizing it. You know, yes, you are dyslexic, and um, and I've also got dyscalculia. Recognizing it and helping yourself to deal with it that helps you move forward. I think most definitely, definitely. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's also, you know, accepting yourself as as who you are and where you are as well. You you know, you're not going to please everyone, and not everyone's going to understand. But as long as you understand and can articulate yourself in your best way forward you know this feeds into you know the e- edni yeah. spectrum 
about the protected characteristics and, and empowering and upskilling others. And as you quite rightly said, Jeffrey, you know, EDNI wasn't your go-to place no. when, when you started out. But like where you are now and what you've come to understand and how you disseminate it, how you champion all of the challenges that individuals face across the landscape, you know, um, why do you think it matters most now, more so now after what we've been through than probably before before you were really fully immersed in it? Um, so I would say that I feel like it always mattered. And it was always an important, there was always a need and always a, an important conversation. I think the change has been that social media yeah. means that people are able to tell their own story their way to an to a very big audience yeah so suddenly someone's able to walk out the front of your building switch on their twitter feed or their instagram live and say i just left this organization this is the reason why this is what people have said this is what people have done to me and told that so i feel like there's a need to you know not necessarily like really make sure that your culture is really close inclusive that you're that you are when you say actually i want to be the best place to work for x community that you are really doing that and driving that conversation. I think it's also there is, you know, as the digital growth in our in our world has happened, more people have had, you know, cash to spend. Women have been having more, you know, have had yeah. opportunities to bigger, better roles. So they have more cash. Um, you know, people from ethnic minority backgrounds are now moving into different roles than than they would have in the past. Again, so just thinking about it from a consumer standpoint. There's that element of suddenly there are a multitude of people that could be your consumers mm. that you need to target. So that means you need to have them in your business to make sure that you do the right kind of campaign and the right kind of approach to attract them that's authentic and honest. So I think, you know, that's also been mm. a driver for it. And then I think really and truly, it's like it's, it's about time. Like we've been trying to change all of this stuff for, you know, 200 years. Yeah, too it's long. too long now. Like, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's actually make it happen. Let's, let's make the change because yeah. if we're all being honest, totally. do we want to leave the world in a better place for the next generation? Uh, hopefully we all do. This is part and parcel of that. So I think for me, that's how I've seen the Absolutely. conversation evolve. Mm. I guess that's where I go to with yeah. my thinking and with the team that I build. That's, that's what we're working on. Mm. You mentioned authentic. And being your authentic self with the foundation stone of integrity is, you might as well say it's the surfboard that you stand on and actually navigate the landscape. So, you know, thank you for that. I just wanted to sort of like highlight that. Yeah, what I was, and I was just going to say in terms of, you know, it's taken a long time to get any changes done. That's one of the reasons why Jeff and I got together and formed Synergize Solutions, because we wanted to be innovative because there's too much, too much same old, same old coming along. And it's about innovation that will make the changes happen. And, you know, mm. if organisations are willing to take action, they really have to think about how they're doing it mm. and making sure that they're involving the whole organisation in the process, not just, you know, the top tier mm. or, you know, the lower tier, if they want to call it that. So what would you say have been your greatest achievements thus far? <laughs> greatest achievements? In what sense? I've done so many things. 
what well, only you can say what you feel you know in an organizational context what you feel that your your um, greatest achievements have been or are you saying this is far too many to mention <laughs> um I'm, I'm very much on to next you know you, you when you when you reeled off the list of all the things i do at the top of this call today i was like oh yeah i forget half the time that i do all of that like i didn't get on with it so i guess greatest achievements um from a organizational standpoint i think you know, in the middle of the Thompson Reuters work that we did, did a massive project that was around race and partnered with our CPO at the time and got the business to really have that uncomfortable conversation about racial disparity in in, in the organization and the things that we could be doing to, to be better, but also celebrating the people that were already there um, and, and giving them a voice. So I think very proud of that bit of work there. I think um, just in life, I'm proud of the fact that I started working your teams with my co-founders and that we're helping the next generation think about careers and their mental health and aspirations in, in that respect. Um, and then I'm proud of the fact that I'm doing these jobs, that I'm you know, sitting in the rooms that I'm sitting in and having the opportunity to influence and help shape these organizations and, and, and start these conversations and, and you know, I guess, lean into it. And I, and I and I think I'm proud that I've done it on my terms. I haven't, I don't think I've kind of bent to anybody's will to do the things that I'm doing. Which is important. Mm. It's, it's fantastic to, to hear this. It's, it's really heartwarming, you know, and with that each one teach one mindset, mm. you know, what are the lessons that you would like to pass on to others? Um, I think the lessons, gosh, there's so many. I think there's the, the your knowing your worth um, and mm. knowing what you will and won't stand for. So what is your cutoff line? And when you're, when you know you need to walk mm. away, just being fine with walking away. I remember I used to do this um, early mm. careers talk and I always said to the, the young people, you know, have your mad money, which I think my grand, I think my grand told me that, like, just know that when someone's about to get you really annoyed, you know, you can survive financially because you've put some money away to, to walk away. Um, and I think, you know, mm. in this day, it's, it's important to have that mm. so you're not beholden to anybody. Um, I also think, understand that everything's a journey. So I think a lot of people want to get into DNI at the moment because it seems like it's the fun, cool thing to do. You get to go to lots of events and meet famous people. Yeah. So you're doing it in the right way. Wear the badge, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually a lot of hard work and it's really, it's a human, you're, you're working on human science. Yeah, very much You're so. trying to figure out how human can make a decision to be inclusive to each other when instinctively we fear things that are different. So you're having that conversation. You're also mm. having a conversation where you're telling people in some instances, hey, you know something, the, 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 the three, four, five people that are most precious to you, your grandparents and your mum and your dad, they didn't know everything. And they may have taught you some things that are homophobic, sexist, racist, and you now have to un all unlearn that. And everyone's sitting there saying, but I love those people. They're my mm -hmm. grandparents. They're my mum, my dad. They knew what they're talking about. Oh, God, you're, you're talking rubbish. You're just yeah. like trying to cause contention. Yeah. So you're also having that conversation. So all the kind of fun, fuzzy things that you see, that's the easy stuff. There's the kind of really integral human yeah. connection pieces that happen that you have to mm. kind of dig under the surface and have some really uncomfortable conversations. And if you're not willing to talk about difference mm. in all its multitudes, then that's mm. not the role for you because caring about yeah. say gender or caring about race, that's not enough. You've got to care about mankind. Mm. 
you've got to care about everything else and, yeah, everything and, else and be willing totally. to champion that and also be willing to learn so you know for me doing this job the, the beauty of it is that i'm learning every mm. day i'm learning new things about what's going on in our society mm. in our world yeah but also about the people i work with on a day-to-day basis so yeah mm. It's really great where you, you mentioned the mad money because my daughter calls it Vex money. <laughs> you have your Vex money, your Vex, so your upsticks and you go. And that is so important because, you know, when we look at where we've been and where we are now and we start talking to people, having those informed conversations about what's happening, you know, we can sort of like align ourselves to what's happened under the bubble. So that 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 bubble that we've all been under has evoked so many emotions so many you know um people to do things that differently than what they've been allowed to do before and where you say being your authentic self and people coming to the surface a lot more people are stepping out and stepping up into the areas where they feel passionate about and picking up the mantle and running you know so yeah no it, it's it's great that you know you can I suppose, um, upskill the leaders of the future as well as part of your role. Because that's what Diane and I do as role model mentors with Action for Race Equality. We're working with young people who have so many goals and aspirations. And in a sense, when you're talking about what our parents taught us and we've got to unlearn, Mm. they are more vocal, they are more progressive in terms of, yeah, I'm gonna do this, but they're more fractured. So their emotional health and well-being needs to be nurtured and supported and they need to understand that as well as the backstory. So, you know, I love what you're you're doing and how you're sort of like, you know, ensuring that you can still do all of that with the role that you've got as well. So it's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Which brings me quite nicely to my next question. So as a black man in a senior executive position, do you feel that it's important to play play it forward? Because obviously it's been noted on many occasions that there are not enough black people at senior executive level. What's your view? I don't know if I play it forward if I'm being honest. I'm gonna be honest and ask questions. I don't know. I think I do. I'd like to think Mm. I do. I think I will make time for people that reach out to me and ask me to have a conversation. Um, I will offer my advice where I feel it's wanted to you know the next generation whoever that individual is um i feel like um it's a really good question because i feel like sometimes as a senior mm. black man i don't know i don't know if i'm visible that's the question i always ask myself am i visible am i visible enough do people actually see me do you know and then that's interesting that's so interesting. i don't know i don't know the answer to that question because i feel like i do what i can but i don't know if you know there's, there's other people that I guess I look up to and I know I'm not as vocal or visible, as visible as them. Can I answer the question for you then? My, <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> my response would be yes, because if you think about all the things that you're doing, you know, rocking the teams and, and advising board members, these are things that you're doing to, to help shape the attitudes and behaviours behaviors of young people. And uh, young black men will be part of that circle and even young black women, you know what I mean, are part of that circle. So I feel personally, you are doing it. You might be just doing it without knowing that you're doing it, if you know what I mean. And I'm the fact that you say that, are you visible? God, you are visible. Yeah, absolutely. You are visible. I, I, I see you. I see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, just because somebody's 
making themselves a brand uh-huh. and they're here, there and everywhere. It doesn't make them a good person. doesn't make them a, a person with substance. So it doesn't matter. You know, I see a lot of people, we're on, we're, we're on the same you know, platform and I see a lot of people popping up here, there and everywhere, talking sometimes the good talk, but not necessarily so. But yeah. all you've seen is them, 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 them. But where's the substance behind that? What you do with what you know, that's what makes the difference. Exactly. And to me, you're showing me that you have substance. And, you know, I would value having somebody like you mm-hmm. um, that I'm connected with than somebody who's got, you know, their face all over the place and, and everybody knows their name. You know, this is not Cheers. I don't know if you can remember that 80s yeah. show. I do very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, not about, it's not about that. Everybody it's knows about what name. You, yeah, yeah, you know, it's about what you do as an individual and how you you respond to people as an individual. Mm-hmm. So that's it for me. And also, yeah, and the difference that you make yeah. as well. And as you quite rightly said, there's so many people jumping on the bandwagon of ED and I. And, you know, and Diane and I have spoken long and hard about this, about ED and I. It's like, as we said, it's what you do with what you know. That's what will make the difference, you know, to individuals, to teams, to organizations. And when we think about the landscape of ED and I, we know how we want it to evolve and everything that we're doing in Synergize Solutions, we will work with organizations to ensure that they're progressive and that there's sustainability on their EDI platform so that all of their workforce can progress together to meet the organizational objectives. How do you think it will evolve in the future? Where do you see EDI going? Because we don't want it to be one of those, you know, last wonders, you know, one day Ooh, everybody's doing it. And then next day, yeah, that was last week. This week, I'm going to be ruling the world. Easy and I, D and I, whatever you want to call it, is here to stay because it's culture. It's about the culture of your organization. So I, I personally think it's here to stay. I don't think, I think, I think where, how it will evolve or how I, I, how I hope it will evolve is that, and funnily enough, we actually did this at Thompson Waiters. It will become a part of, uh, I guess, the kind of, sustainability esg dni philanthropy social impact um that will all become mm. one thing because effectively mm. it's a circle this is a that's a circle of conversation so you need to have sustainability mm. in all of your processes to make sure that you're then able to hire and recruit mm. diverse people who then feel included in your organization who then help you build your culture that mm. then feeds into how you you know build your strategy go to market target consumers uh, you know, build the products that you're designing, make sure they're accessible and, you know, all that stuff. So I feel like that will become, mm. as time goes on, that will become one conversation. Mm. You'll uh, see more, you know, from a UK perspective, I think you'll see more CDO roles. Um, so people kind of sitting on the board, being responsible for all of those facets mm. of things. Um, I, I hope to be one of those individuals. Uh, let's put it out there. Um, and that's, I think that's where <laughs> it will it will go because mm. I feel like you know the DNI pieces it's important right representation is important friction inclusion yeah. is important but I feel like sometimes the title then causes that friction and it's not really about the title yeah. it's about what do you want your organizational culture to be how psychologically safe mm. do you want your people to feel and yeah that is always the uh that's the challenge of the conversation because it's like it's about psychological safety it's about accepting and you know mm. tolerating certain things in people and not everyone's a nice person mm. but 
you know, they've got to learn to, you know, curb some of their enthusiasm. <laughs> They'd not be nice when they walk in your front door and you have to give them the sign, the signpost to know that. Yeah. It's that golden thread that you actually weave through the infrastructure so it becomes the norm. But like yeah. in organisations, it's about weeding out because they want the best people because all of that will feed into their sustainability, but also their retention as well. Yeah. You've got the best people that understand that can push the brand, the ethos of the organisation forward. So that's what people see. And if it's from the top going down, it has to be from the bottom going up so that it's it's fluid and everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. So, yeah, it's, yeah, that's a lovely picture I've just painted. Let's just walk into it. You know, that's, that's how I see it. But thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, th I think <laughs> we need to be quite positive. Mm. And um, one of the words that Jacqueline and I love at the moment is intentional. Yep, be intentional about your actions. And, um, you know, and it's about time, mm. you know, people want, start to want to make a difference that's going to make the positive change for the organization and again what is one of the things we always say you know without without people there is no organization so you know you've got to make that effort so we've come to the conclusion and i'd really like to say thank you so much for speaking to us today because i know how busy you are you know i know this because uh, you know this is an, a, a new position for you so yeah i know you've been five your feet creating new things hiring people so for you to take your time out we greatly appreciate that and we do definitely wish you the best for your coming journey because I know <laughs> that this is not the end, you're going forward. Thank you, thank you. So thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the HR Lounge. We hope you find our podcast insightful. Join us next time for more thoughtful discussion. And remember, you have the power to make a difference.